From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Film Club, a podcast series where our youth film critics and cultural connoisseurs get together to spill the theoretical tea on a new movie. I'm at me producer Rowan Pickard. For this episode, we're doing something a little different. We'll be hearing from Ryan Welch, who was born and raised in Alaska, and one of the co-creators and writers of the Hulu comedy series Rami. The series stars comedian Rami Youssef, playing a fictional character of himself, the son of Egyptian immigrants navigating life as a young adult in New Jersey. Atme senior producer Chloe Chobol spoke with Ryan Welch about working on the show, doing stand-up comedy in Anchorage, and breaking into the film and television industry. I'm a really big, huge fan of Rami, so... Oh, really? Yeah, it's really cool to meet you. Okay, good. Yeah. Are you in LA now, or where are you? Yes, I'm I'm in Burbank. Cool. And you're originally from Alaska. Why'd you move to LA? When'd you do that journey? Um, so I've been in LA for... It's been over a decade, maybe 12, 13 years. And yeah, I'd been living up... I, I went to school in Portland, Oregon. That's, that's where I went to college. And I lived back home with my parents for a couple of years after that. And I was like, well, it's probably probably time to get on get on out. And uh, I, I had a friend, my uh, my writing partner, Ari, was living down here doing stand-up. And I had actually been doing a little bit of stand-up comedy up, up in Alaska for fun. And uh, he's like, hey, why don't, why don't you come down and, you know, we can hit some open mics. So I just came down for kind of a change and just kind of ended up staying. So. When did your interest in TV writing come about? Is that something you've wanted to do for a while or? Yeah, it was kind of a weird path to get there. I, I, it wasn't like I was some kid with like a video or camera that was like, I got to always make things and running around like telling stories. I, I kind of got into writing late. Um, again, it, it started with stand up, and then I, we, me, me and my friend Ari started to just write scripts for fun. We wrote little outlines and TV scripts and we're kind of developing like a little bit of a sense of humor, humor. And, uh, you know, just starting with like conversations about like funny characters and kind of, you know, that were kind of based on our lives and everything. And, uh, but then I actually ended up getting kind of a corporate job for a couple of years and Ari went on and he did a sitcom with NBC and, uh, was always in my ear about like, Hey, you should quit that job and come be a writer. And then I finally just did it. And, uh, and then, yeah, through, through standup, we had met a couple people that had started to get you know, some recognition as, as comics and they were thinking about doing TV shows for them. And one of them was Rami. And, um, so that was the first project. It was like, Oh, why don't you talk to Rami about his life and, uh, see, see if you can't develop something. So that, that was when the kind of interest took off into something more tangible, but, you know, for a handful of years before then, I, we had kind of been talking about just characters and stories and, you know, things that interested us. Cool. So going back to the stand up, how did you get into that? Stand up. Um, okay. I don't know if they still have it in Alaska, but like when I, I was like in my early twenties and, um, they had like these open mics around town and it was really fun. There was a good group of comedians. We used to do an open mic at like Chilkoot Charlie's was, was one of the venues in this bar called, uh, called Rum Runners, which is downtown. I think there was a few other around town, but it was a pretty small group of comics. So actually like, it was funny. I mean, I was really bad at comedy. I was terrible. And I would, I, I wrote these like one-liner jokes and I would have like a little notebook and I was so nervous to, to talk to, to be on stage. And, but because there wasn't very like many comedians, you could actually open up for professionals that came into town and would, would like go up at Coots. So like within a couple of months of doing comedy, I was like performing in front of like 
a bar full of people. And I definitely wasn't ready to be doing that, but it, it was a fun experience. Was it, I mean, it sounds like it was a good like atmosphere and stuff like that to do comedy in. It, yeah, it was fun. I mean, that's kind of when you do comedy, you know, you're, you do it in the weirdest places when you're starting out, you do it in, <laughs> in bars in the middle of the night, you do it at like pizza parlors and coffee shops and just car wash, but it's just the strangest collections of people. And, uh, you know, there's drunk people in the, in the audience and there's just comedians in the back kind of like, like waiting to go up. And, but it's really, I mean, at the time I wasn't even, yeah, I wasn't like, I'm going to be famous at this and make a lot of money. It was more just like, Hey, this is really fun to do. And it, I, I remember it was just to just write down a joke and see like, is this idea going to work? It was really pure and really exciting and, and kind of teaches you about, you know, you kind of have to develop a thick skin cause you bomb a lot and you do really poorly sometimes. And so you got to develop like, Hey, what's kind of funny about me or, or what, how, how does my brain work and what, what sort of ideas work and what, what kind of stuff do, do I like? And so yeah, it was really cool. I mean, yeah. So after I did it for about a summer in, uh, in Alaska, I like moved down to Los Angeles and I was like, I've been opening up for professionals. And all of a sudden you're like in LA and you're like, you're nothing. You're at the bottom of the barrel, but it was still, I mean, it was so fun. Like you just kind of hang out with your friends and again, you just try to write jokes and it was, it was great. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to uh, trigger you or remind you of a bad memory. But um, yeah, sure, sure. Do you remember like a time where you bombed? <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So the first time I went up, it was at Rum Runners, and I was so nervous, and I had this little thing of jokes, and actually I did pretty well. Now I probably didn't do that well, but in my mind, I had actually done pretty well. I was like, yeah, I got 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 some laughs. I you know this this stuff worked. And so I was kind of, I remember I was like, I was riding this high. I was like, this is the best thing ever. This is amazing. And then, uh, and then I think I went back to that rum runners, mic like a week later and I bombed so hard. Like I just, it was, I was nervous. I was stumbly and I was just like, this is the worst feeling ever. It was terrible. Uh, and I, yeah, it's, it's a certain type of shame when you bomb publicly because the thing about, because the thing about comedy is it's like, they're like the crowd's not saying no to like music or some other type. They're saying no to you as a person. It's like you on stage. So there's like, you're not good enough. Um, you know, so it, it is, it does teach you to kind of have to deal with that kind of failure and to get back up again and, and try it. And so I, 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 you know, I think it is good for people to have to experience that, but yeah, it's, it's a particular kind of like your face gets red. I mean, it's, it's terrible to do, to do badly and just have people staring at you. It's just silent. Yeah, it's like all right. Well, I guess I did, and then you just get more nervous, so you're even worse. <laughs> like it, it's a downward spiral. Just, but again, I encourage anyone to do stand up comedy. I, I think it is like a great thing. When you moved to LA and started doing stand up, I mean, I'm sure like LA has like all you know. If you want to do comedy, people go there, or you know, acting, whatever people go there. So, sure. like, yeah. uh, not competition, but I'm sure it was like a different level of like the audience and stuff like that. Was it? Um, I'm sorry. I'm like asking this question horribly. No, no, for, no. It's yeah. I, I, I totally. It. Um. I mean, it's different because number one, yeah, there is a lot more people, and there's a lot more comedians, and you realize how hard you're. Like, if if I wanted to be like professional at this, I mean, there's just there's people with like real charisma. Like, you go, oh my god, I'm, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to compete with like. There's no way I'm going to be able to compete with this. So on the one hand, there's a lot more comedians, but there's also you also get to see like the best comics in the world. And you, you could be at some little podunk, like open mic and, and a famous comedian would just pop in like, and just do five minutes. And you'd be like, oh my God, like, 
and just kind of you realize how good some people are at, at the art form and and just how good you'd have to be. And uh, so it's cool. It, I, I think it really pushes you to kind of work really hard and be like, yeah, if, if I'm going to be anything in this type of business, there's going to be a lot of people that want the same job. And, you know, so I think it's, it's, it's humbling in a good way um, to just see the amount of talent that's out there. And, you know. So right now you're, you're a show creator for Rami, right? Yep. And you're, what's like your position on the show? Like what's your, what's your, uh, like, what are you doing now? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, I'm, I'm an executive producer and a writer basically. So I kind of have, uh, kind of have a vision of the whole show and from the writing to the shoot, to the filming it, to the post-production editing and everything, I can kind of see all the cuts and everything. So it's really kind of anything to do with the show I, I can have a say in. But I would say the thing that probably excites me the most is, is writing and for, for any project, whether it be a movie or that's probably where I feel like the most doing what I should be doing. But it's really interesting to see a project like, you you know, you like write something on the page and then to see what it takes to get it to a finished product. There's so many steps and there's so many people that are involved that it is it, it's pretty interesting to see every step of the way. And uh so yeah, you know, I'm I'm also there on set and I watch the takes of the actors and can give comments and uh, you know, um Rami Rami and I are friends and and you know, so he's he's pretty open to hearing opinions and he also directs all of the episodes and obviously stars in it and 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 has a strong vision for what he wants to do but is 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 pretty open to good ideas. I would love to work in like what you do like a writers room for a TV show. Sure. Um that's like a dream. I have no idea how to make anything like that happen, but I don't know. I might have like a romantic view of it, of just being like sitting around making jokes and stuff <laughs> for a show, you know, like, like a, a fun job. No, it, it is. that. I mean, that's the thing is it actually is as fun as you think it is sometimes. And then sometimes it's really hard and kind of boring. And, you know, it's, it's like, I mean, in some ways it's like any job or it's not like you get up every day and you're just like, awesome. I get to go to, work. I'm so excited to go to work. This is the best thing ever. And there's never any hard times. I mean, sometimes it's, you're trying to solve some story problems and it's, I don't know, it kind of feels like it doesn't feel that inspired. And you're like, well, how does he, if that character does that, then why would he be there? And you got to be like, okay, well, I guess if he goes to the gas station first, then he can go home after that, you know, which isn't, it doesn't, that's not funny and it's not interesting, but things have to make sense when you watch them. So you have to solve these weird little issues sometimes. And then sometimes you have a group of people like your friends that are, that you think are funny and have good ideas and you're kind of riffing and, <laughs> and it's really, and it is fun. It's like, Oh my, I can't believe I'm doing this for a living. This is, this is a dream. So, I mean, I, I guess that, you know, just like anything, it's, there's, there's some ups and downs to it, but yeah, you know, I highly encourage it. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Have you ever uh, like tried to write a character for yourself on the show? <laughs> oh, is that to, to be an actor? Yeah. <laughs> I have like I can't tell you how little interest I have in being an actor. <laughs> I, uh, I I find it I I really love a actors and acting. I think it's like such a magical, interesting, weird part of the process. And, and you obviously need great acting. It's the thing that brings it to life. But yeah, I don't I don't have any interest in that. I, I don't know if I, that's what God gave me as a skill <laughs> to be an actor. Um, yeah, it's it takes a certain type of personality to be really present when the cameras are on and not be nervous and to be to kind of get into a character and I definitely like watching it from behind the camera but no at this point I haven't never tried to write a character although although maybe I should I don't know 
maybe you know maybe i'm like missing out like a on a great opportunity <laughs> thank you chloe i, I should I should, I should i should probably look into that maybe your career is about to start for acting <laughs> who knows yeah that, that sounds wonderful do you remember the first script you ever wrote <laughs> one of the first scripts i wrote yeah okay it was um it was kind of based on justin bieber being like 30 years old and he was like it kind of been famous and he uh but it was kind of his life like a- after he had kind of come down from a, the high of all the fame. And so it was kind of like, like people knew Justin Bieber, but he kind of had, mm-hmm. he didn't have a lot to going on. And he had kind of, so people, he was famous, but not for the right things. And it was just based, I don't know. It was like a dark yeah. comedy based on Justin Bieber being 30, which I think he's doing fine. But uh, <laughs> I think that was the first thing I'd written on my own. And uh, I don't even, I don't even remember like what the story <laughs> story was, but that was one of the first things. And then, and then of course I, I was writing things with, um, with Ari, we had a couple of characters that were kind of based on us, like our personalities. And we had written a script about a guy who was trying to become a famous politician, but it was like, he was like really at the beginning of it. So it wasn't like a sexy, like he was, he's running for president. It was like, he's trying to become like a local councilman, and, <laughs> but his, but his, but his girlfriend is, is, isn't happy with him. And, you know, kind of grounded, dark, kind of re- realistic comedies were, that was some of the first stuff that we were working on. Um, sorry, there's like a plane going by, so I might just... Isn't that funny? I, that's one of the things like you realize when you make, when you make, when you, when you do like a TV show or a movie, how much goes <laughs> into like set, like they'll be like cut and then like you have to wait for a plane to like go by. And you can also tell when things, when something's made, but it doesn't have a lot of like production value behind it. Cause you'll hear an airplane, it'll be, <laughs> it'll, you'll hear an airplane in the background you'll be like, oh yeah, they didn't have the money to take that out in post or because it's such a thing to get in there with the, the sound and the audio and to fix everything. It's just kind of, there's all these like movie magic things you that you've never thought about, but yeah, exactly. The struggle of it all. The struggle. Exactly right. How did you, I'm curious, how did you learn how to write scripts? Hmm. I think it's an ongoing thing. Like, I don't know if I have learned. Um, I think you try to get better. I never took like a class or anything. I didn't go to a screenwriting school, which, um, could be helpful potentially. I, I just, I mean, you start by watching things and you start by seeing what kind of things interest you to write. And you basically, you just write and you, things, things suck that you write <laughs> and then you keep writing more and hopefully they suck a little bit less. And then eventually you get to a place where you're like, okay, I'm getting a hold of something in my voice or the types of stories I want to tell. And um, yeah, there were, a, I mean, I, like I read a few books at one point about, about kind of more the formal structure of like the different acts and we're kind of like a midpoint in the inciting incident, all these kind of, all this jargon about writing, which I actually think is, it's probably helpful to have that in the back of your mind. But um, I think honestly, the, the only way to, to grow as a writer is, is, is just to write and, and take time and try to do the best you can. And then you take time away from the script, you come back to it, you see what, what's not working. And I think you just have to be really honest with yourself about like, you know, because it's hard because you, you have to fall in love with something to write it well and to spend a lot of time on it. But then you also have to pull back and look at it with a kind of cold clinical view of like, well, what's not good about this? And that can be, that switch can be hard to be like, I got to be really hard on my own work because uh, no one else is going to be as hard on it as I am. And that's the only way it's going to get better though. So it, yeah, it just takes time. It takes a lot of writing and uh, yeah. Before you became a staff writer or like an executive producer, like your role on the show, before you got that role, what bumps did you go through? I think probably the biggest bumps 
and there's still there's still things I work on. I, to me, like, it's try to stay grounded, like, as a person in terms of like your spirit and your mental health, and trying to like stay focused on what the art is because that's hard enough. But then, I mean, LA and Hollywood's a weird place, and you see people that have success and they have money, and and you kind of like I had to work through a lot of kind of hey, stay focused on what you're trying to do. Don't get too caught up in other people's like comparing yourself to other people and you know, honestly, I think probably therapy and a lot of the things would help a lot of people that are trying to, to make it as writers because keeping yourself grounded and happy and stable is not that, I, you know, I'm not trying to paint myself as like I was a degenerate or something or totally <laughs> deranged, but uh, you know, you do, ha you get, it's scary. It's scary to try to make it in a thing where it's not, it's not guaranteed you're going to make it and it's pretty competitive and so sometimes the anxiety of like, oh my God, I don't have a, like I quit a job where I had a steady paycheck. And then for like a handful of years, I didn't make anything. And I was living off like savings and yeah, I didn't know if I was going to be, if I was going to ever have like a project as a writer. And so trying to work, it's not like those things, you know, of course you're going to have those, those questions and those anxieties, but finding strategies to work through them and to realize, Hey, this is just holiday. It's like, it's not a big deal. If you make it, don't make it. At least you try like. I think trying to stay, yeah, I think trying to stay grounded in a sense of like, hey, just focus on trying to get better as a writer is probably the biggest bumps I had, even more than the tangible things is like, how do, how do I, as a person, yeah, stay kind of focused on what, you know, what matters. But and then, and then, other, and then of course, there's the actual bumps of people being like, no, we don't want to make this. <laughs> we don't want to do this script. We don't want to make that. You're like, okay. And you just try to try to to move on and, and not let those things affect the work too much uh, you know i because earlier on in my career if i would get or like a rejection of some sort for a couple of days i'd be like oh no like what's gonna what am i gonna do i don't have a job I don't, this and that but what you start to get used to yeah there's gonna be a lot of no's and there's gonna be a lot of rejection but you, you keep working and you try not to let it bother you too much is is probably the thing i've learned more than anything how did Rami get from like an idea to an actual show? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good question. I, um, it all happened actually fairly quickly. I mean, so I got, I got connected with Rami through a couple of friends who were comedians. Um, and you know, they're like, Hey, we're thinking about, they're thinking about pitching a show with Rami kind of based on his life. And they're like, why don't you talk with him and see what, see if you guys can come up with something. And so it just started with conversations. We, we would walk around Echo Park, this lake here in LA. And uh, I, I would just, I would, he would just tell me stories about his actual life. And, um, you know, there was so much funny stuff in there about, you know, this kid who was religious, he was deeply religious and prayed five times a day and didn't eat pork and didn't drink, but at the same time was young and, and wanted to have sex before marriage and, and all, you know, things that weren't allowed in the religion, things that, and, um, so the ways he would justify and try to make it all make sense and, you know, as any young person would, but he's at, at this added layer of God's watching, which adds a little bit of pressure to, to every decision and everything that's going on. You know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff there that it, it really wasn't difficult. It, there was so much material. Just, we just started to shape like, Hey, what are the different, what would some of the different characters be? What are some of the stories we could tell? You know, what are, what are some of the episodes that we could tell? And, um, you know, again, it, we, so we, Honestly, we typed out like a small document of some different ideas and themes and, and, uh, pretty sure. And we practiced the pitch a couple of times with, you know, our agents and stuff. And we, we went out to different networks and, and, you know, there was a few of them that, that, uh, you know, that really responded. 
and also, I mean, like Rami standup had, had been pretty well known in, in Los Angeles at that point. So there was a lot of people interested in the show. So it really was a pretty easy sell. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a big lift because he was, he's, he's a funny guy. He's got a funny story and he really had a story that, you know, there wasn't any shows about like Muslims on television. So right. it really was like, Oh my God, that is very unique. Just that culture hasn't been shown. So, yeah. So we pitched out and then, um, you know, it was the process of, uh, we, we eventually went to Hulu and they bought a pilot and, you know, then of course you, you write the pilot and you shoot the pilot and you are like, are they going to pick it up? Then they pick it up. And then you're like, are they going to pick it up for the second season? There's always like something else to be <laughs> a little bit nervous about, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been really fun so far. Obviously the show's like been very successful and all that. Um, but that also leads into my next question, which is exactly what you just said. Like, I've never, this is the first show I've seen that shows like a Muslim family in America that represents their culture in like authentic, positive way. So how important is a positive, realistic representation in the show from your perspective? I think it's, I think it's, it was very important to just make them human beings. Um, you know, we weren't trying to like, obviously if you've seen the show they're they're not perfect and like especially rami he has has a lot of things that uh he should he needs to do better but uh yeah just show them honestly as people i think we weren't trying to paint them as like yeah as like angels um and even more than trying to like portray all muslims we were trying to portray this particular person and you know he's an egyptian that lives in new jersey and so you can't you can't really bite off the entire it's a obviously the biggest religion in the world it's a little bit arrogant to say that one show could kind of cover everybody but hopefully it's a really specific show about a about a person that you know can spark other people to tell their stories whatever those stories are you know that we haven't seen before so to me to, to i think us it was more important just be authentic to rami and his stories and 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 hopefully you know people people enjoyed it so yeah i hope you're you're definitely making the blueprint for more stories to come for sure yeah, it's been cool, and just also not show them as terrorists. I think was the, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, I think that's I think it's the only way they were on television was like through shows like Homeland Twenty Four, where like they just played the they played the bad guy, where like the you know that like scary music came on every time you saw like a the Muslim person. Again, just try to break away from that and be like, oh, these are people; these are flawed people, just like like you know they're just Americans like like we all are, and and it was and that that was an exciting element of the show. But even more than that, it really was like, hey, we found a person. Rami that that has that has a unique story to tell yeah I feel like that's a big reason why a lot of people love it so I feel like I kind of briefly asked this question earlier but um can you just break down like what it is like working in the writer's room of Rami like uh what does a day look like for you well this season we're so we're in the middle of our season three writer's room and it's pretty different this year because it was all it's like all on zoom which is strange already. He was like, okay. Which I kind of was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this, but then like being able to roll out of bed and like be at work <laughs> five minutes later, just put on like a hat and like a hoodie and you're like, I at work, uh, <laughs> she's not too bad, but it is, it's definitely a different dynamic. Cause it's like one person has to talk at a time that you don't get to know people. I, I don't think as well. Uh, cause you can't have like side conversations and everything. It's all like one big group, group chat on zoom. But the the other two seasons were in person and they were really chill. I mean, we 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 would rent a house and we'd meet there like the hour. You know, we we wouldn't be there like all day and all night. We'd meet there for a chunk of the day and you know, with some really smart people that are good writers. And you know, sometimes it involved just 
sitting around and like eating snacks and kind of talking about our lives. I mean, honestly, that's part of it. It's kind of because you, you kind of want to mine what's in you to bring to the bring to the characters if there's something interesting going on. So, you know, sometimes it's sitting around talking about your life. Sometimes it's joking around, or sometimes you're trying to solve some story problems, and it's kind of more. It's less jokey. It's less fun. It's kind of like, all right, well, how do we, how do we, you know, we have we have to turn this outline and what what's the deal? So yeah, it is. It's it's sitting around talking in a group. It's it's reading outlines and giving notes on them. It's reading scripts and give you know, uh, you know, kind of pitching different ideas, lines, and things. So it really it can vary depending on where you are in the stage of, of the project. But at the end of the day, it's just reading, writing, talking. <laughs> That's pretty much pretty much what it comprises of. And uh, and yeah, so it's fun. How do you and the other writers? Uh, write for Rami, who is like a writer on the show while he's in the room. He is. Well, yeah, it's all got to go through Rami and he's got to be, you know, it's all got to make sense to him sort of emotionally. And again, he's not, it's not like he's the character exactly, mm-hmm. but obviously it's inspired by him and it's inspired by his experiences. So when, once you've kind of lived with the characters, even though obviously I'm not a, I'm not like Egyptian from New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, I'm half Asian from Alaska, but um, I've lived with the characters long enough that I can, I can pitch some story ideas or, or, you know, things that I could pitch sort of situations they can get into and the way they talk and the way they think, you can start to understand that a bit better. Um, but a lot of times he'll, he'll come in with a seed of an idea and you can kind of expand on that or, you know, people have random ideas for a scene or an image or a, a storyline. It can come from different places, but usually you kind of feel when the room gets excited and starts really kind of, you know, you can tell people are, are, are involved with it then. It'll, it'll kind of lead you down the right path of whatever is the, the right story to be try, trying to crack. So, One other thing I really like about Rami is like, it's a really nice balance between something that's funny. Like a lot of the scenes are really just funny and comedic. And some of the scenes and episodes are like just kind of about life and more reflective and um, dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Look, we, I mean, we, we all got a dark sense of humor, so uh, I think what I think of as quote unquote comedy, maybe for some people wouldn't, wouldn't be hilarious, but I also don't really, I mean, there's some things that are just kind of silly that I, I like watching. They're not things that I'm drawn to write, but, um, I tend to find that things are the funniest when you're like breaking tension or there's some kind of, you know, there's, again, I think what's sometimes funniest about life is what's darkest about life. And, um, so to me, that's where you go for even if you want something to be funny it's like well what's what's real what are what are people like uncomfortable with well, to me that 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 tension inside you or that tension when you're watching something it's like oh my god what is happening on screen um can sometimes lead to the, to the funniest moments even more than jokes and things like that um so that of course that's my view on comedy other people there's a, there's a lot of shows that are funny that are just kind of broad and silly and, and whatnot and those are fine it's just not but I've been drawn to, to write. I'm sure Zoom doing an entire season on Zoom has inspired some sort of tension, funny moments. Well, look, I mean, the whole the whole world the last year has been a pretty pretty dark place. So there's not you don't have to look far for like, yeah, there's a lot of people struggling, and and not and that's not funny. I mean, really, it was a tough year for a lot of people, and coming out of it, it's even like realizing, processing a lot of that trauma of like all that's happened and. And, but, I, but again, I think like, to me, comedy is a part of that healing process and to work through that kind of trauma. I think comedy helps, helps to 
to put people at ease and it's there's a, there's an honesty to comedy of like if you're able to joke about something and you're kind of being like honest about it and um and i felt that i feel that that can help sometimes totally yeah and you mentioned that uh you in the writer's room will talk about your lives or different th- your your background or whatever um how close is rami's experience to your own experience as a millennial um yeah, obviously, in some ways, like on paper, not very close. Obviously, I grew up in Alaska. I grew up on the other side of the country. But in terms of like the indecision sometimes and the confusion about like, who am I? What do I want to do? Who do I want to be with? Who like, what do I want to pursue? What like, what's the purpose of all of it? Which is a very like, I don't know if it's millennial. I'm sure everyone's experienced that. I don't think like the baby boomers like had it all figured out. But um, uh, for some reason, that gets put on millennials is like we're just confused. It's like what? <laughs> most people are definitely confused. I think we were given like a pretty terrible economy, but and a few other issues that we were presented with, but um, yeah. So in the ways that, in the ways of like taking a while to kind of like figure out, yeah, in my twenties, I didn't like, it took me a while to kind of figure out what I was doing. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like I had a lot, I had fun. I have a great family and, and uh, good, good friends and I had some good experiences, but I was kind of floating a little bit. I didn't exactly know like, I hadn't found something that really excited me to do as a career. And so I, I sort of relate to that part around me of like trying different personalities on and figuring out who am I really, what, what's the most authentic me. And, you know, I, again, I'm sure people can relate to that. It's it, that's, I think what, what is most interesting about the show is not is, is the specific culture he lives in, but also those like universal things that we're all, all we're all still struggling with even in our thirties, right, Chloe? <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. Chloe's like, no, nah, I actually got it all figured out. But I was like, you have a lot to work a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. Um and uh yeah, it's definitely like a very relatable show and like what you just talked about basically well i mean i I think i mean i don't think i I think a lot of moms are like the mom in the show or have different like we all got a kind of a you know funny mom and yeah dad's all kind of you know there's certain qualities that i think all family members have got like the weird uncle and the this and that and like i think those are those are pretty common things yeah no totally yeah yeah what was your upbringing like in alaska I mean, pretty idyllic. I, I couldn't have, I really, I couldn't have asked for like a better childhood. I, I have a great family. I have like a, I have a mom and dad who, my mom was a nurse. She worked uh, at an elementary school. My dad was like a high school teacher. Um, sister's great. I got a, got a younger sister. And so my family life was, I really, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, There's not a lot to complain about there. Love my family a lot. Um, in Alaska, well, when you grow up in Alaska, you don't, I guess you don't think of it as weird because it's like, well, it's the only place I know. Mm-hmm. But then kind of leaving, I lived in Portland, I lived in California, and then going back, you realize like, whoa, like it is a, it's a beautiful place. It's very weird and unique. And it's crazy. Just like, I was just up there, not, not for the holidays. I couldn't go up because of COVID, but then my parents got vaccinated. And so I was just up there for about a month in like February, March. And just like, you're just driving home from the store and you see like the Chugach Mountains in the back. You're like, oh my, like they're gigantic. They make the, the time, like the, the town, like tiny. And you really, I think you realize when you leave and come back, you're like, Oh, there's no place that looks like this or, or has this vibe. It's a very, it's very isolated. It does feel like you're on an Island kind of, cause you fly in and it's all dark and cold and you can't really drive anywhere. Like it's like, you kind of, um, 
so I, I do, I, I, I appreciate it for what it is. It's a, it's a very unique place, I think, to grow up and to live. And, and I think it attracts some eccentric people. So let's put it that way. <laughs> people that are running for something or don't want to be around a lot of people or really love the outdoors. It's all this, these pretty funny qualities and people that you really see when you like come back. And, and, and there's, and there's, there's a lot of Carhartt going on, which, which in LA Carhartt's like a cool designer brand and in Alaska people just wear it. Cause they actually, you know, need to do work. <laughs> uh, you actually do construction work. So it is a funny, funny balance. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting being here coming from California. And then I feel like the first thing I noticed is just the light. And everyone always asks me questions when I leave Alaska about how long it's dark and how long it's light and stuff like that. But then when you're actually here and you're gone for a while, it is it like hits you different every single time you see that it really doesn't get dark in the summer. Yeah, that's crazy how we just like you just take it as normal and you're up there. You're like, yeah, this is this is everywhere, right? Like, no, this is it's never dark. What? And it's dark all the time now. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, those are the questions you always get. It's like, is it light all the time and dark all the time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that and about the Northern Lights, I think, is the, the third question I ever get. So. Yep. Have you ever thought about making a TV show that takes place in Alaska? It's crossed my mind. I've never, I haven't had the right story or, or I don't know what I would, kind of thing I would tell. I always thought probably like the 80s when like the pipeline was getting like built and it was such like, it almost, I mean, what I've heard of it, it sounds like kind of the wild west and just dudes doing cocaine and just, just like, cra- I mean, just crazy, just lots of money and oil and it seemed kind of dangerous maybe a little bit in the way that the the west was kind of dangerous and it kind of had that that new frontier. Yeah, that wild kind of vibe. I always thought that would have been maybe an interesting time to explore again. I, I was born in 86. So I was like a child. I don't know what it was like, but that always that time period always seemed maybe an interesting thing to explore but yeah no i mean i haven't really nothing struck me as like the right story but it would be cool to to tell a story in alaska even to film it i mean i don't know i think it's probably hard to film things up there <laughs> although i think the i think the industry is growing up there right the film industry there's a lot of stuff shot up there again like i said it's it's one of the most beautiful places i've been so capturing that would be pretty amazing if you had the right story to tell it feels kind of scary up there because again it's like so much wilderness and i think you could and you know i think they've done movies that take place in alaska that i think mm-hmm. um fit that vibe but uh, yeah what else what else would be cool to tell about alaska what's another is there a time period or a culture up there or just like i mean i i don't know i think there's so many kooks and weird people up here i just think oh, yeah it's just, it's, just, of them. it's just that life is so particular here and it's like one of those things where no one like it's like you said, like you don't really notice it until you leave. Yep. So I just like even in Anch- also another thing about fly like whenever I fly into Anchorage, I feel like I always end up sitting next to like someone who wants to have a really long conversation about Alaska yeah. or like all over here. Just people are chatty and love talking about it. I feel like there's always like interesting people you meet there. Yeah. Again, I, I was just I was just up there like I was saying, and you know I would take like walks in the woods every day by like like Abbott Loop and on the coastal trail and people are so friendly that I mean there's guys walking around like beaver skin hats just everyone <laughs> skiing and they're like fat tire biking and everything and it's it does seem like a fun it's like a bunch of yeah kind of kooky friendly interesting people <laughs> you're like like man this is a odd place I just I don't know if I'd ever want to write that story because I don't know just it's it's like one of those things where you have the responsibility of like portraying your home I'm kind of with you. Yeah, I've never, again, I've never like, 
even besides Alaska, I've never had the urge to write my own story. It's always like, yeah, I don't know. Let's make up some characters or let's, let's tell someone else's story. I've never found my own story that interesting. And, you know, maybe, and obviously you put, you put some of what you've experienced in any, any character uh, they're somewhat influenced by you because it's all you have to work with is what you've lived. But yeah, I don't, yeah, never thought to write like a biographical thing. And maybe that's part of as a writer, you're like, well, I could write anyone. Why would I write the thing I already know? Let's, let's, let's make up some, some people in some situations and, uh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. What would you say to uh, youth in Alaska who are interested in pursuing a career in TV or film? Yeah. Um, hi, uh, youth of Alaska. Hello, um, all the youth. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure this will be like broadcast in the schools, like the, the ASD. Um, no, I, I would... Uh, I would say, I mean, these are things that we've heard before. They're true. It's like, follow what your passion is. Um, it's going to, you know, work, work really hard, you know, follow what, it, follow what excites you. And then again, I think it's about being honest with what you're good at and what your skills are. Again, I, like, as I said, I was a comedian and pretty, but pretty quickly was like, okay, I probably am not going to be like famous at this. I, I, I meet people who have like real charisma and it's like, well, they're going to be famous comedians probably. But I was like, but I like ideas and I like pitching joke ideas and, and concepts to people. And even if they said it on stage and got laughs, it would like excite me. So then I was like, well, maybe I don't need to be on stage. Maybe it's behind the camera is fine. Or I can work with people to bring out whatever story they want to tell. Or, and maybe I just, I like ideas and I like writing. So maybe that's what I should do. So it, it is kind of about being honest about like, hey, what are my sort of natural talents? Where do I think I fit in? And then just really like laser focused on how I how I get better at that thing. Sometimes I see a lot of people and they want to be, it's like they want to be a writer, director, actor, singer, musician. It's like, whoa, like those are all hard things. <laughs> Maybe choose like the thing that you think you have the biggest knack for and something that excites you and something that you want to get up and do every day. And just work really hard because everyone else is working hard. And so I guess that those would be the sort of main takeaways. You've been listening to Film Club, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including James McCoy and John O'Hara. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of the National Endowment for the Humanities or other sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Every little bit helps us to get our stories out there. And if you are a youth ages 13 to 24 who is interested in becoming a member of our team, go to alaskateenmedia.org join to find out more. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Rowan Pickard. Thanks for listening. <laughs>